Okay, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. How you doing? Let's see each other. Okay, better? Okay, good morning. So, it's Sunday morning. It's time for us to learn Bereshus Be'iyun. And to continue where we left off, again, it's wonderful to have everybody with. And um, let's remember where we are. Again, if you, if you don't have the source sheet, so please uh, indicate as such to Stanley Fishkind, who's on here, and uh, he will be happy. I think he already put it in the chat box, the link to the source sheet, um, and you could... Uh, you could see it al- along the way. It's not critical for your continuation in the shir either way. So where are we? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Noach that he's about to bring the Mabel. And he says, I'm going to establish my bris with you. We spent time last week talking about what that means, what is the bris, what's the meaning of the bris. And you shall come to the teva, you and your wife, you and your son, excuse me, and your sons, and your wife, and your son's wives, together with you. That's the, that's the instruction about what's supposed to happen. What is unusual about this presentation is that you would have thought that what it would say would be that you'll come to the teva, you and your wife, and your sons, your sons and their wives. Why does it say it in this way that it would be Noach and his and his sons, and then the the wives are put together as a group? That's the problem which Rashi deals with, which which Chazal deal with here. And let us look at at um, let's look at what it says. It says Rashi Atu Hanoshim Levad Hanoshim Levad. The Pasuk is emphasizing that the men came out and the women came out separately. They did not come out together. This teaches you that they had to remain separate, that they were forbidden in Tashmash Hamita, they were forbidden in intimacy during the time that they were there within the Teva. By the fact that the Pasuk you know, says it in this way, that shows you that there was a prohibition that was in place with regard to their actually being together. That's what Rashi writes here. What Rashi is writing is, of course, not original. What Rashi is writing is what is found in Chazal. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to be spending time talking about two perspectives which exist in Chazal on this idea which Rashi says on the specifics of the prohibition that were there at this point in time. And I think it's a good chazal for us to be learning about now, both because of the general time that we're in and because of the calendrical time that we're in. Shavua Shechal Tishabav, the week of Tishabav. The Gemara says in Masecha Sanhedrin, this would be the direct primary source, there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin about this, and there's a Medrash uh, there's a, there, there are midrashim about this. The Gemara, in the small section which we have in Perak Chelek, that discusses 
the Mabul, which we have cited different things from, Dafkuf Ches and Sanhedrin, we have cited different things from over the past weeks. The Gemara says, Noach sent off the raven. Now we know that the, the raven was not so cooperative with Noach's instruction. Because as you know, right, he didn't really go off any place. He just stayed and he circled the teva. Says the Gemara, the raven had an excellent response. Tshuva nitshuva is a response. Nitzachas victorious. A very strong response he had to Noach. Omar le ravcha soinani sanesani. Your master, meaning God, hates me, and you hate me. Rab Chosainani, how do I know that God hates me? Because Hashem said the kosher birds bring seven pairs. From the non-kosher bring two, bring one, a male and a female. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a great preference to kosher, and ravens, as we know, are one, to the, one of the quintessential non-kosher birds, Right, that's why they have a f- football team named after them. Right? We always say the kosher birds have baseball teams named after them, and the non-kosher birds have football teams named after them. Right? So, the, right, the gentleman's sport. So the, 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 I'm not sure what, what we call football, whose sport. But the, 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 um, the, uh, the, uh, the um, Gemara says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu clearly has a preference. For the kosher, for the kosher bird, so he doesn't like me. And why do you hate me? Right now, you have to send off a bird. Which bird should you send? Why don't you send one of those birds of which you have seven pairs? It's very safe. Instead, you're sending one of a single pair that's there in the whole world. What happens if the ministering angel of the heat or of the cold affects me? What happens if I get sunstroke or freeze, right? Ravens worry about that stuff too. What would be left? There would be no male and female raven to repopulate the raven population of the world. So you either hate me or you love my wife, right? You want to take advantage of my wife, right? That's what the raven thinks. Right, he he uh, he that Noach was interested in Mrs. Raven. Omar loy, so he said to him. Noach said to him, Russia, Right, Noach. It's a fascinating response because it's not a response of fact; it's a response of instruction. Noach was a person who did what Hakadosh Baruch Hu told him. He says, Raven, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told me not even to be with my own wife. You think I'm going to be with yours? You're always usher to me. So of course I won't. Now again, you can only speak that language if you're so much into the world of doing what's right. right? The Raven says, you want my wife. He's not in the world of doing what's right. So he accuses Nayak of something. Nayak says it's a ridiculous accusation. I would never think of that. I wouldn't be with the one who's mutter to me. Why would I be with the one who's usher to me? Umenol on the Nesru says, how do you know that they were usher? Because it says, In other words, so the Gemara says, so your, your, your Nayak's response presumed that it was usher for him to be with his wife. It says, where do you see that? Because it says, And the Gemara quotes our Pasuk. You will come to the Teva, you and your sons, your wife and your sons' wives with you. 
And it says, leave the Teva, you and your wife, and your sons, and your sons' wives with you. From here we see that they were also in Tashmish Hamita, from the fact that the Pasuk says, you and your sons and your wives, your wife and your son's wife, when they left the Teva, Hashem told them, go out with your wife and your sons with their wives. So what do you see? You see that when they went into the Teva, Hashem said, be separate. When they came out of the Teva, Hashem said, you should be back together again. That tells you that during the time that they were in the Teva, it was usher for them to be together. And that was the basis of Nayak's response when he said, I can't be with it even with my own wife. I wouldn't even contemplate being with yours. Okay, so that's the Gemara. That's the source for this comment of Rashi. That when we look at the Pasuk and the Pasuk says them separate, men alone and women alone, it is because it was usher for them to be together. And we're just going to now end this passage of the Gemara with a final quotation from the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanan, Shloisha Shimshu Beteva. There were three who defied this prohibition and did have intimacy in the Teva. The Kulam Laku, and they were all negatively affected. Kelev Vairev Vicham, the dog, the raven, and Cham, the son of Nayach. Kelev Nikshar, Airev Rak, and Cham Each one had a permanent effect. The Kelev is tied. What does that mean? The Kelev has to go on a leash. That's the way some understand. There's another understanding as well. The Airev Rak, the Airev salivates. And Cham Cham's skin was negatively affected. So the details of this we're not going to get into too much. We'll talk maybe a little bit about it, hopefully, Mir Hashem, towards the end of the shear. But it speaks about the idea, again, that there was a prohibition against intimacy. You understand that since the Gemara includes on the list of those who violated that prohibition, the Orev, the raven, we understand how at odds Noach and the raven were. Or the Orev said, you want to be with my wife. Noach said, I wouldn't even be with my own. The Orev ignored that prohibition. He said, I, I, it's also for me to be my But the Orev was not taking any interruption from his world of, of, uh, of physical contact. And that's why he posed this to Noach. But Noach was in a different world. Noach was behaving completely differently. So that's the Gemara. A similar comment is made by the Medrash, Ata Uvanecha. Rav Yudah b'Rav Simen v'Rav Chanan b'Shem Rav Shmuel b'Rav Yitzchok Amar Noach shenichnas l'Teva Nesar le'Bepiri v'Rivia. Medrash Raba Parshalam at Aleph Paragraph Yud Beis. It says Noach when he entered the Teva, so Piri v'Rivia were forbidden to him. Being fruitful and multiplying were not allowed. He was not allowed to. Uh, he was not allowed to do that. Right? Why? That's what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, come to the Teva, you and your sons, by themselves. And your wife and your sons' wives, by themselves. When he left, it was allowed. You and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives. 
when you are lacking and when you are suffering hungry, galmod. What is galmod? Galmod means be lonely. If you see a lack coming to the world or hunger coming to the world, galmod. Treat your wife as if she's alone, meaning don't relieve that aloneness for her or for you. Overseas, the term which was used for Anida, who's separated from her husband, a Galmuda. And that's what we're saying here. Through the period of deprivation, that's the way you and your wife should conduct yourselves. Rav Huna brought a Pasuk to support this. Because the Pasuk says that Yosef had two sons before the famine started. Menashe and Ephraim he had before the famine started. Why does it emphasize before the famine started? Because once the famine came, they wouldn't have been able to produce children. That's what the Gemara, that's what the, the Medrash says here, the Medrash and We'll see later that it's also found in the Gemara. This extension of it is also found in the Gemara. And I just included here on the sheet, um, uh, uh, the, the Mizrahi. The Mizrahi is a commentary on Rashi, and he says, He quotes that it's from a source in Sanhedrin and from the Medrash, which we just said, And the diuk is, why does it describe coming to the Teva differently than leaving the Teva? When they came into the Teva in this Pesach, it has the men separate from the women. It says Neach and his wife, his sons and their wives. So therefore, that shows you the contrast. And that's what we, what we saw really in the Medrash. And that's what we saw in the Gemara and Sanhedrin. Ah, asks the Mizrahi. But you'll see that when they came out, they came out separately. The Pesach says that they came out separately. That's not a question. They chose to come out separately, but they weren't forbidden from coming out together. They, they, they chose to come out separately. Look at the Pesach. Here, right, in, in Perekhes. Leave the Teva, Hashem says, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, putting the men and women together and all the animals, etc. And they should be short they should spread out and land, far over all they should be fruitful and multiply over the earth. And what does it say? And Neach went out with his sons, with his wife, with his wife's sons, Kolachaya, etc. Says, the, the Pasuk, that they came out separately. Rashi brings, on Pasuk Tezayin, he allowed them in Tashmin Shamita, but it doesn't seem to be that they engaged in it. So then look what it says in the next section. And Hashem blessed Nayach, and he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And then Hashem says to Noach, I'm making my covenant with you. Don't worry, everything will survive. Says Rashi, 
Why does it say pru urvu twice? We had it before, paru v'ravu and now we have it again. Says Rashi, maybe the first time it was a bracha, the second time it was a tzivui. It's to compare. Here it mentions pruvu again, together with the prohibition of killing. That not promulgating, not producing, is heaven forbid like spilling blood. Continues Rashi. I agree with you. Noach was worried about engaging in being fruitful and multiplying. Till Hashem promised him he wouldn't destroy the world again. So this is the way he's saying it. Says the this is completes the picture, right? So the Medrash says. When they went into the Teva Hashem said, separate. When they came out of the Teva Hashem said, you can go back together. So from here we learn that they were prohibited at the time of the Mabul from being together. What's the problem? The problem is that when they came out, they didn't follow Hashem's instruction. And they didn't come out together. Says the, the Rashi, that's because they were uneasy. And they were worried about trying to be fruitful and multiply at a time when they'd just been through such a traumatic experience, will the second go-round be any more productive long-term than the first? He was worried that they would be destruction brought again. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm making a covenant, the world will last, you can be secure, you could be comfortable in trying to repopulate the world and not worry about being disappointed. Right? Like what we talked about last time, the bris was necessary to have Noah positively engaged in continuing the world. That's, the, that's what we have thus far. Now, we'll pause here for a moment, and we'll say, okay, so we, we've learned here that it was prohibited for them to be together in the Teva. And they were permitted when they came out. Even when they were permitted, they might have been a little bit uneasy because they would worry, be worried about the futility they would be worried about the futility of having children in a world which is so ripe for destruction. So Hashem gave them some reassurance. The question we should ask ourselves, however, of course, is, okay, so we see that they're forbidden, but why were they forbidden? What was the basis, what was the reason for Noah and his sons being forbidden from intimacy at this point in time? Basic, simple question. And it might have a basic, simple answer. What I'm going to try to show you here is that there are two dimensions to this issue. And it's a subtle difference, but an important one. Excuse me for a moment. Amen. The Radak writes on our Pesach. As noted, from here Chazal indicated that Noach and his sons did not have intimacy in the Teva. The Torah separated them when they came to the Teva. Continues the Radak. And so was worthy. He should be worried and concerned with the destruction of the world. He should not be involved in the physical desires, 
I, he ate. Okay, so he ate enough to be able to survive. But it wasn't, it wasn't for Noach. It wasn't for Noach to be engaged in an activity which wasn't necessary for survival. He had to eat, okay, you know, basics. But what do you think he had? You think he was having ice cream sundaes with coconut shavings? He was having uh, macaroni. You know, he had what he had to have. He had the basic stuff. Says the Radak, the prohibition here is because that is considered to be an activity which is a pleasurable activity. And while the world is going under, it is not for him to have this carefree attitude and be engaged in his own indulgence. That's the Radak's approach. The obligation here, or the prohibition here, was one which was grounded in the need for a person to be empathetic, to be aware of what's going on around them, and to join in what the community, the world, is struggling with. A beautiful idea, a straightforward idea. And remember, it was something we talked about a little bit, when we talked about, a little bit, when we talked about the tsar, the light source for the teva, we mentioned that there were those who said that the tsar wasn't a window, but rather a gem, because Noah shouldn't be looking out the window. How could he watch the world go down, right, and think he can escape from it? And maybe that's a particular thing because he should have been included. On some level, he should have been included, so he can't watch from his high perch. But there's also a notion of empathy, and we would say a similar thing when it comes to, like we said by Lot, that they were told not to look back. Uh, there's a, there's, there, there is a, you know, a sense of something, of something like that, of not engaging in this. Now, once we mention Lot, I want to mention as an aside, it's not found over here in, our, in the source sheet, but Noah, Lot and his daughters were together after the destruction of Sodom and you know, the question is, what were they doing there? Were they trying to just be, you know, fulfill desire? The way the Pusuk makes it sound is that they were worried. Who's going to, how are we going to be able to continue? There's nobody else. How are we going to, to continue? The Pusuk could be read as lustful, but it could also be read, as Rashi says, that they thought that the world was destroyed, not just Sodom, and they were worried about the continuity of the world. So, you know, it could be viewed in two different ways. And that's a question which we have to ask ourselves here as well. Rashi, not Rashi, the Radak is saying that the reason why they had to limit themselves from this engagement was because don't be involved in something which is so lustful and pleasurable at a time when the world is going through such difficulty. Okay, I understand that. But this isn't just an act which is pleasurable. It's also an act which is productive. It's there in order to be able to produce children. When the Torah prohibits the act, when Hashem prohibited the act, He prohibited the act, period. He didn't prohibit one aspect of the act having pleasure. He prohibited the act, period. So if that's the case, we have to ask ourselves, you know, are you saying the whole story? Do you have the whole story here? Let's go on a little bit. 
the Gemara in Maseches Tainus. Om Rav Yudah Amar Rav, Kol Amariv Atzmai B'Shnei Re'avon Nitzol Mimisa Meshuna. A person who keeps themselves hungry at a time of famine will be saved from an unusual, meaning a bad death. Shenemar, as it says, Berav, that Aleph is extra, Berav Padacha Mimavis. Through, through hunger, he redeemed you from death. Meirav mi boile. It should have said, from hunger, he redeemed you from death. As a reward for the voluntary self-imposition of some level of hunger, he, he, he redeems you from death. Right? Rishlokish said, not only should you eat sparingly when others lack food, but you also should not have intimacy at a time of famine. Shenemar, as it says, Uli Yosef yulad shnei bonim, to Yosef was born two sons, b'terem before the year of famine, came, the years of famine came. That was what we brought before in the Medrash, that the fact that he had the children before the famine is an indication that you're, you have to withhold at such a time. Okay? Now, pause for a moment. Look down the next paragraph. We quote Rashi. He, causes, he brings himself anguish. He deprives himself of food when the rest of the Jewish people are suffering. And then Rashi says, A person has to deprive himself when everybody else is suffering. That's the mandate. The mandate is not to be pairesh minatzibur, not to isolate yourself. When other people are suffering, you have to be profoundly aware of that suffering. Let's go back to the Gemara where we left off and we'll read a little bit more. Tana. People who don't have children are able to have relations at a time of famine where they, have their, they haven't yet had children, so they have the more compelling mitzvah. At the very least, it's a big discussion, but they have a more compelling mitzvah, so then even at a time of famine, they would proceed. That would indicate, to some degree, that the prohibition is a prohibition when it's pleasure, not when it's a mandate, well, not when they're trying to build. When they still have the mandate to build, then they shouldn't engage in it. Tonu Rabbanan. When the Jewish people are in anguish and one separates and acts as if it's party time. They don't empathize with the difficulties others are with. The two angels that accompany a person, right? So the two angels that accompany the person, they come and they place their hands upon his head. And they say, This individual who separated himself from the community, he would not see the comforting of the tzibur, of the community. What does that mean? Now the Jewish people are going through a hard time. He wants to pretend as if it doesn't affect him. So when the Jewish people will have great times once again, he won't be a part of them either. He chose to separate. He chose to isolate himself from the community. So if he doesn't get the honey, if he doesn't get the sting, excuse me, he doesn't get the honey either. Continues the Gemara, Tanya Idach. 
בזמן שהציבור שורי בצער על יאמר אדם אלך לבייסי ואיכל ואשתו ושולם עליך נפשי. When the tzibur is suffering, a person say, I'll go home, I got plenty of food, I got plenty to drink, I can eat and drink and peace upon my soul. If he says that, all of HaKosovayim are regarding him, the Pasuk says, And behold, it is, there is joy and gladness, Hereg bakar Right? They're going to eat and drink. Let's eat and drink because tomorrow will be gone. It will be revealed before the years of Hashem and Hashem will say, I will not forgive this until they die. So what does it say? Don't be oblivious to the pain of the tzibur. That's the midah of the average. That's the midah of the average. What does it say about the Rishoyim? Asoyu ekcho yayin v'nispa bosor v'nispa sheichar v'hoya kazeh yoy mochor machsiv asoy atzadik ovod ve'enish soma lev We're going to have wine and, 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 and intoxicants today, tomorrow. The tzadik is lost. Nobody takes a tarkim. Neha roa nesaf atzadik. Ela yitzar adam im hatzibur. Rather, says the Gemara, a person should feel the anguish of the community. It brings a proof from Maish Rabbeinu. What it was said by Maish Rabbeinu, it says the hands of Maish were heavy by the war against Amalek. They took a stone and they placed it beneath it. And he sat on it. Maish Rabbeinu couldn't find a pillow. He had to do it on a stone. So Maish said, the Jewish people are in anguish. They're fighting a battle. So, therefore, I have to be mitzahar myself with the tzibur, because if I mitzahar myself when the tzibur is mitzahar, I'll also see the joy when the tzibur sees joy. So the Gemara would seem to be very clear that the issue over here is that a person needs to be empathetic. And when others are suffering, when the community is suffering, they need to be mindful of that, and they need to join them in the experience of the suffering. This, by the way, is a halacha which is paskin in Shulchan Aruch in Hilchais Tanis. Simen Tov Kuf Ayin Dalid. Mitzvah Lahariv Adam Atzmai Bishnasra Avain. It's a mitzvah for a person to eat sparingly during a time of famine. Va'asr Lashamesh Bay Mitasai. And it's forbidden for him to have relations. Chutz Mi Leil Tvila, with the exception of the night when his wife would go to the mikveh. Ula Chasuche Banim or for someone who doesn't have children. So in other words, where there's an obligation, which would be either an obligation of being, you know, of being good to his wife, which is an obligation on the night of the mikveh, or when it's, uh, they lack children, an obligation to build, then it's going to be okay. But otherwise it's forbidden. And then Sifei says, and then ends with the same, what we would call a more agadaic statement of the Gemara, where he says that a person who feels the anguish of the community will be able to also see in the joy which ultimately is visited upon the community. So this is all one attitude. And we can understand that Nayak would have been having the same obligation, would have the same obligation. Tosfus, just as an interesting thing,
Taisvis asks a kasha, beautiful kasha. He says, Yocheved, Chazal tell us, when was Yocheved born? She was born, she was born as the Jewish people were entering Mitzrayim. Right? That's why it says 70, 69. So one second, how many years into the famine was that? It was two years into the famine. So if she was born two years into the famine, that means that she was conceived during the famine. Ah, you're not supposed to have relations at a time of famine. Says Tysus, it was it's not an iser. It's a pious behavior. Because Yosef did it, it doesn't mean that other people didn't. Fascinating Tysus. Not an absolute iser. Right? Others discuss that maybe Levi didn't have a daughter yet. Right? Remember what's called what's called having fulfilling pure of Arivia? A boy and a girl. If Levi didn't have a daughter yet, so maybe that's why he had to do this for Yechevet. So there's a big discussion about what it means exactly, to what extent it applies. But Taisvis is telling us this fascinating thing that it's not an absolute halachic requirement, but it was a midah of piety. That Yosef was noegin, but his brothers weren't necessarily noegin. And you could say all kinds of interesting things about that. Right? We understand that this is a story of the brothers' lack of empathy. They didn't have an empathy for Yaakov. That's what got the Jewish people into Mitzrayim. Right? Whereas Yosef is called Nazir Echov. Right? That he did not, as we just learned in the Daf Hayoimi, right? that, that he did not have wine from the day that he separated from his brothers. Okay. So this is all one way of thinking, one approach to this prohibition. Noach was not allowed to be together with his wife or his sons with their wives in the Teva. And the reason was because it was such a difficult time. And a person has to be empathetic. A person has to feel the anguish of others in order to be able to be part of Klal Yisrael. You know, we say that at the Haggadah about the Russia. Usually we take it as a religious statement. Well, he separated himself from the community, so therefore he was kaifer be'ikar, he denied the ikar. So many point out something which is really outstanding. The Mishnah says in Sanhedrin that all of Klal Yisrael has a chelek lo'elam haba. All of Klal Yisrael has a portion in the world to come. Ve'elu she'enlam chelek lo'elam haba. But the following have no, no portion in the world to come. And what does it say there? Listen to what it lists. A person who says there's no tchias ha-mesim, a person who says there's no Torah, Torah's not divine, and apikairis, and so on and so forth, so forth. All of these things are expressions of heresy. One way or the other, the person is expressing heresy and in fact, the Rambam, when he articulated the 13 principles of faith, he interpreted, he, 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 he expressed it as an explanation of this Mishnah. This Mishnah says the following don't have a portion in Elam Haba, says the Rambam, because these are such fundamental beliefs that they 
exclude the person, essentially, on some level, from Kol Yisrael, from the fate of the Jewish people. However, however, aside from, aside from these things which would exclude the person from a portion in Eilam Haba, there's something else that also excludes the person from the portion in, from a portion in Eilam Haba. The Ramam writes in the third parak of Hilchais Tshuva, Halachavav, the following have no portion in Eilam Abba. Haminim, Apikursim, Kaifrim Betaira, different forms of heresy. Hakarifim Vitchiyat Samezim, Kaviyaz Goyal, Hamashum Badim, Achti Arabim, Vaporshim Midarche Tzibur. And people who separate themselves from the ways of the Tzibur. That's another way that the person has no chelik le'elam haba. Levishahotzias aswam in aklal kafar beikar, because he removed himself from the community, so it's tantamount to heresy. Being part of klal Yisrael is part of a belief system, and also part of a destiny. Part of a destiny. You want to be part of the Jewish people, and that's why the Gemara says that the person who doesn't feel the anguish of the community will also not be part of the ultimate good, nechama, the ultimate positive destiny of the, of the tzibur. This is one way of thinking. And again, it's something for us to, to consider significantly, the notion of empathy, the significance of empathy. To see the tzoras tzibur so we can have the nechamas tzibur. Yeretz Hashem, uh, you know, Thursday is, is Tisha B'Av. It's something which we're going to talk about a little bit more, Mir Hashem, on that, on, on that day. But that's one piece. But listen now to a completely different angle, which is found in Chazal about this. And we're going to start by looking at the Me'iri, the Me'iri's commentary there on Maseches Tainis. Af b'shnei during the years of famine, it is suitable for a person not to be satiated. Don't forget that other people are hungry. If he just eats whatever he wants, he'll stiffen his neck, and he won't worry with his friend's worries. So he says, so besides not filling yourself up, don't pamper yourself. He shouldn't have intimacy at the time of Ravain. It explains in the Talmud of the West, which means Talmud Yerushalmi, which is West relative to Bavel. Because Hashem is involved in destroying the world and He's busy building it. He says, He gives a different answer for Yochevet. And then He says, If a person doesn't have children and it's to sustain the species, He may do so. 
You understand that this is a little bit more difficult in this pshat. If you say that the issue is don't engage in a pleasurable activity when other people are suffering, so you could say, look, but this activity has two aspects. It's a pleasurable activity, but it's also a building activity. And this person is doing it for the building aspect, not for the pleasure. But now that he's brought this idea that it's not even appropriate to build at this time because Hashem is dismantling the world. Hashem is bringing famine, which is destruction. So what is this person doing going in the opposite direction? Nevertheless, nevertheless, you have a mitzvah to build, build. If it's not a mitzvah right now, then look at the signals and, and, and don't. And he brings it, the Talmud Yerushalmi brings it, like we brought it before, that is found in the Medrash Tanchuma. Okay, and that is, you know, we, we, we brought it before, we found it in the, in the Medrash Rabbah, and here we have it as well in the Medrash Tanchuma, but he sees this as being a result of a need to be not involved when the world is being destroyed. Let's look at the Medrash Tanchuma. Le'morli asurim tzu to tell the imprisoned go out. asurim They were bound or forbidden from tashmishamita. Just like Noach and his sons couldn't have relations at the time of the Mabul, Yosef had the same. when he saw that the years of famine were coming. Niska he, w- he was involved in Pirvirivia before it came. Okay, this, by the way, would also be a clue. Yosef knew it was coming. The brothers didn't have the benefit of knowing Paro's dream. They didn't know it was coming. And the animals. They didn't engage in being fruitful and multiply when they entered the Teva. Because so Hashem instructed them. How do you know? It says, The men and the women separately. For the entire duration of the year that they were in the Teva, they were forbidden in intimacy. Listen to what the Medrash says. I'm angry and destroying the world and you're going and building it. When the Mabel is over, then you can engage in Puri of Arivia. When the land dried up, permitted the animals as well as it says, Noach was worried, maybe you're going to bring another Mabel. He says, I promise I won't. So the Medrash here has all the elements. But again, what it's painting it as is not the world is suffering, you should be empathetic in your suffering, but a whole different idea. And that is that you shouldn't be doing something which is counter to the direction with which the Rabboni Shalom is sending the world. The Rabboni Shalom is destroying. It's not time for you to go and to be building. It's worth it to phrase this in the way that Hashem gave the original mitzvah of being fruitful and multiply. Look what it says. Be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth, and rule over it. And rule over the fish and the animals and everything else. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu said the mitzvah, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. It wasn't time to do that now. Hashem was busy emptying the earth. So it's true that Noach represented salvaging something from the earth. But that's it. He represents salvaging something from the earth. There would be something that would remain as a result of Noach of the Teva. But it wasn't time to be fruitful and multiply beyond. Noach already had children, Shem Cham and Yafes, you had the seeds for a future world, but not beyond. If Hashem is destroying the world, you need to respect that trend, and it's not the time for building. It's a dramatic idea. It's a dramatic idea. And I want to share with you something, which it says in the Maral, on that Gemara in Sanhedrin, and it's a very poignant Maral as well, something for us to consider. The, 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 the Gemara that we learned before said that uh, the Orev made an argument to Noach, and the argument to Noach was you know, you're sending me away, I think maybe you're after my wife. Right? So, the, so what did Noach say to the, uh, to the, to the Orev, to the raven? So he said, Russia, wicked one, I would stay away from that which is permitted to me. You think I would approach that which is forbidden to me? Right? Russia, wicked one. Now, the, the morale's problem is, why are you calling the, the, the bird a Russia? What kind of rishus is that? What kind of bechira? What kind of free choice does it have? It's doing what every nat- what's natural for a bird, for any animal. It is, this is resha, this is evil and a bad nature. If he didn't have this bad nature, he wouldn't naturally want it at this time. Because in the Teva, nobody, no, nothing was involved in Tashmish, with the exception of the raven, the dog, Chum. In other words, we could call it a Russia because it's, it doesn't have mitzvahs. But there was something about the atmosphere which in itself led that all the animals didn't do it. Remember again, as we said, like Noach and the Orev are talking at loggerheads. Noach says, what? You think I'm going to have your wife? I can't even be with those who are permitted to me. I'll be with those who are forbidden to me. The Orev doesn't know the language of prohibition. Now, would a dove know the language of prohibition? Yes. All the animals, all the birds except for the Orev and the dog and Chum, they all adopted this prohibition. It was natural. Now, why was it natural all of a sudden? Nobody had intimacy in the Teva. Even animals that don't speak, that don't have intelligence. It says, because all things are drawn after the order of the world that they are a part of. 
Uvishas Hamabul Nifsad. The time of the Mabul was a time when the world was coming apart. Vidover Zeshua Hefsid Mechaya Lahavaya. He says, and something which is Hefsid, so how does that mean? That means that the whole order of existence would now be drawn into that Hefsid. How could you have something engaged in creation when the time is a time of destruction? And that's why Chazal forbade an Ovel from having relations. Why is an Avelus, why is an Ovel forbidden in intimacy? Because in that person's world, in that person's world, during the Shiva, that's a world of Hefzid. It's a world of loss. And therefore, in the world of loss, there isn't room for creation. You got to, as we would say in our vernacular, go with the flow. Right? There's a certain place, a certain rhythm of the creation at that point in time. And that was... What was happening here? Yes, Nayak built a teva. And Nayak brought every creature in the world into the teva. And Nayak brought food for everything in the world in the teva, to be able to make it, to be able to survive. Just like during the years of famine, for the years of famine, Noach had prepared, for, uh, Yosef had prepared for seven years before, and he stockpiled all the food. But it didn't take away from the fact that during the years of famine, it was a time of undoing, not of creation. So get through it. Survive it. But building now? Or building later? Building now or building later? Now is not the time for building. Now is the time for Churban. For destruction and to accept it and to understand okay so after destruction there'll be a time for building so sir almanas livnos one demolishes in order to be able to build but to ultimately build and even when it's negative it's in order to ultimately build so says the maral that this is it. Now he says, and therefore he says, it's no mystery the, about the ones who defied this and had relations in the Teva. The Oirev is a raven, it's a predatory bird. The Oirev doesn't nurture its young, right? What did we just say in Psuke de Zimmer and Shachris? No saying, Livehema Lachmo, Hashem gives food to the Behema, Livnei Oirev Asher Yikro, to the children of the raven that cry out. Why the children of the raven? Because a raven doesn't even nurture its young. It's not a builder. It's not sensitive to the value of building. And therefore, you expect it to be empathetic with the rhythms of the world. Is the world in building mode or is the world in destruction mode? The orave doesn't engage in the act of intimacy as an act of building. It doesn't build. It neglects its young. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to take care of them. So it's no wonder that the Orev just continues on oblivious. 
Chum, well, no, Chum, when they came out of the Teva, right, his preoccupation was to harm his father. According to Chazal, as we're going to learn, Be'ezras HaShem eventually, to even render his father sterile. Uh, to even render his father uh, sterile. The dog. The dog is very interesting. What the morale says about the dog is very interesting, and, and it could be that some people on this shear will object uh, you know, to this. Uh, but he says... Says the dog is distant from people. Everyone hates the dog and distances the dog. Right, so you know the morale did not evidently hold that the dog is man's best friend. I guess, I guess. So we'll have to leave that discussion right now. Of the of the of the dog for maybe for another time, but the the idea that Chum had to be distanced from people and made into an Eved, right? The only way he would be considered constructive, if would be if he would be enslaved, right? That's what Noach would say about Chum. Ultimately, he's removed from the sensitivity of what it means to build, and so that's what we would say. This is the second interpretation. One interpretation on this prohibition was, the world is suffering, don't indulge. But one second, we asked a question. There's another aspect to this, and that is that it's not an indulgence, it's a constructive act. It's there to create relationship. It's there to create a next generation. Say Chazal, during the time of the Mabel, wasn't the time to create the next generation. It was a time to sort of just salvage and hold still. The time of building will come later. You know, Chazal tell us that when Noilad ben Zohar b'mishpacha nisrapa kol mishpacha, when a when a, when a baby boy is born in a family, when a baby boy is born in a family, it heals the family. Right? What does that mean? From the mourning which they had before, the birth of a child, when somebody just left the world and now there's a child born. That's a tremendous comfort. It's a great thing. However, nevertheless, we suspend the efforts to produce another child during the time of immediate grieving. It may be that which will bring comfort, but pause, wait, and then do that. Absorb the difficulty and then go on. That's the chiv on the other. Not to build. Not to build, but to absorb the fact that right now it's the opposite direction. Soon, will be Soon we will merit to see the comfort that will come upon the tzibur. Soon we will see the rebuilding. Zeh. That's Noach. Noach's name is, as we saw, about Nechama. But during the actual destruction, pause. A pause on building. Absorb the failure. Absorb the fact that HaKadosh Baruch is setting the world back before trying to move it forward.
two different perspectives that we have here on Chazal on this prohibition. So I think both of them are relevant for us to think and to consider, both, both because we're in a time when there's a lot of difficulty around. And uh, we shouldn't be oblivious to it. Shouldn't be oblivious to it, even if we're okay. And the second is that uh, Tisha B'Av, at a time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought Churban, we have to pause and think about Churban, about the lack, about what we're missing. And Be'ezus Hashem, then we go on to Nechama. Afterwards, after the Avelus, Ne'elad ben Zohar Nisra'apa Kol HaMishpacha. Okay. Yes, Yisra. If the um, if the raven is a very selfish being, why would Noah send the raven out on a mission to basically scout out and save the whole world? Emir um, Tashem, we're going to talk about it some more. The the, the issue of the shlichus of the orev is a is a very significant sugya. And Amir Tashem, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Right, right, right now is not the moment to talk about it, but Amir Tashem, we will. It's a good question. Absolutely good question. Okay. Very good. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you very much.